Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the American Airmen Podcast, and for those of you listening in live or going to download this later on and expecting to hear the option pitch and me say the option pitch show, uh, you're still in the right place. The show is in a, a transition, transitioning from the option pitch show to the American Airmen Podcast, where we will actually include our men and women in the armed services, our veterans, our nation's heroes into the show in the coming weeks. And I'm really excited about that. I'm a veteran myself. I cannot wait to talk to our veterans here on this show. And happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And just remember, there are also troops deployed overseas right now that cannot be home with their families right now. So keep keep them in your thoughts uh, during the holiday for, for Thanksgiving, uh, our troops overseas, and allowing us the freedom to celebrate these holidays and allowing us the freedom for me to be a hack radio show host. You know, just a big-ass thank you to uh, all of our men and women uh, who have served in our armed, form, armed services uh, present and in the past, and even those in the future. So, on the show tonight, we will be talking the Ohio State-Michigan game. It is Ohio State-Michigan week, and I have two fans from both teams on the show right now that are ready to duke it out, a throwdown of sorts. And this is going to be a really cool segment. Our first segment, so stick around for this first segment, the Ohio State-Michigan showdown. Also, should Brian Kelly be fired, not fired? Uh, we'll talk about that, the uh, debacle that is Notre Dame football right now. And then our last segment of the show will also be the college football playoff. You know, no change from last week, but a surprise team, really, for some of us coming into that number six box. So we'll talk about that later on. But with all that, the option pitch starts now see i done messed up myself i said option pitch the american airman podcast starts right now funny that I said the option pitch and not the American Airman podcast, but this is the American Airman podcast from today on forward. Uh, you can find the American Airman podcast uh, on iTunes, on TuneIn, on Podcast Addict, on YouTube. You can get at the show at Radio Airman and myself, the host, Rick Riggin, at Riggin underscore Rick on Twitter. But right now, it is time for the Ohio State-Michigan throwdown, the showdown between my guest, Terry Beard. Terry, what's going on? going on rick thank you for your hey. service and uh i will keep all of our servicemen in our in my thoughts over this holiday weekend awesome dude thank you very much man and uh hey it's great to have you on again you know i had you on for the our helmets have wings episode the michigan podcast that we did a couple weeks ago and it's great to have you on again it's great to be here buddy and as you know terry beard is the uh our resident michigan fan and i'm bringing in right now 
the show first-timer, Chris Caps, the Ohio State fan. Chris, what's going on? Hey, man, how you doing? Yeah, don't, don't sound too enthusiastic. You're on the air. You're going to bring the hey, passion for Ohio State. <laughs> All right, so here's what I'm going to I'm a, I'm a long-time you... listener. First-time <laughs> first caller. First-time caller. <laughs> right up. Long-time first-time. Long-time first-time. Stat six-foot. About 185. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> All right, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to feed both of you guys some fight words here, and maybe I can just feed you guys one fight word, and you guys just take it up, take it the rest of the way. That's what I'm hoping. Great radio, a, a, a throwdown between Ohio State and Michigan. You guys are going to kick it off right here on a Wednesday night. So, Chris Caps, this first thing is for you, and I want you to tell Terry Beard exactly what's going to go down here. All right. So with Michigan, statistically has a top three defense in the country, maybe the best defense in the country. But they bring in a backup quarterback, John O'Corn, because you know their back, their starting quarterback, Wilton Spate, collarbone injury, broken collarbone, probably done for the year. They bring in a backup. So tell Terry Beard exactly what Ohio State is going to do to, to uh, get the win on Saturday. Well, I mean, you're going up against the Buckeye defense. I mean, that secondary is unstoppable. You, uh, I mean, you're going to put in a backup quarterback. I mean, he's going to get eaten alive. Let Terry, me, uh, you got anything on that? Yeah, go ahead, Terry. Let me hit you with a little insider information. I talked to my man, James Joseph Harbaugh, this afternoon. And uh, it appears that Mr. Spate has been practicing all week. So I wouldn't go, I wouldn't rule him out just yet. And then you can't forget about number five. All, the whole game last week against Indiana, they didn't run very much Jabril Peppers package at all. I would expect to see a lot of number five in the backfield come Saturday. Chris, you got a retort? Yeah, uh, I just I would like to know what number five is going to do when uh, they run a double reverse with Samuel and he cuts to the inside and breaks number five's ankles. Well, I don't know how familiar you are with number five, but he has never had an ankle broken. There is no doubt that he may be – well, there is no doubt that he will be the most athletic player on the field. Uh, I The whole game comes down to O'Corn and Spain. If Spate plays, I think Michigan has a legitimate shot of winning. If he doesn't, it might be a long afternoon. Ohio State's defense is good. O'Corn is average at best, or at least he was last week. But you always you always have the wildcat factor with, with Peppers, and I think they've been holding their cards kind of close to their chest the last couple of weeks. And, uh, I mean, it should be a good game. 25 years ago today. Desmond Howard striking the uh, Heisman pose on Ohio. We're looking for that kind of performance from number five come Saturday. <laughs> All right, Terry, you're talking about number five, Jabril Peppers. And you know what? If what for Lamar Jackson at Louisville, then Jabril Peppers would be the Heisman front runner. I mean, he plays 27 positions there at Michigan, you know, and that math adds up, you know, if you want to count in special teams also, because he does all of it. But, uh, what I will say, Terry, and this is kind of some ammo for you right now against Chris, with Ohio State's lack of a vertical passing game, 
And that kind of hurts their running game because, you know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago with Zeke Elliott, you know, a guy like Zeke Elliott being drafted. You know, they don't have that big-time runner, but it doesn't really help the running game when the vertical passing game isn't there. Uh, even though Ohio State has opened up the offense the past couple weeks and Michigan being so great on defense, what is Michigan going to do this Saturday against Ohio State and get the big one? Chris pointed out the Ohio State secondary, and yes, they are good. But uh, Michigan does have an All-American corner as well in uh, Jordan Lewis, who will probably be the first DB taken in the draft. Um, And Michigan does one thing that I think will give Ohio State fits. They can rush the passer. JT will get hit. He will get hit continuously throughout the game. Michigan has seem to have dropped off a little bit in their run defense the last couple of weeks. I think that, other than the quarterback situation for the maize and blue, will be the determining factor determining factors if they can stop the run. I told Chris earlier in the week I thought it was going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, two teams that generally don't like each other. I said 35-31 Michigan over Ohio. So, Chris, he's uh, threatening JT Bear right now, which I see is actually the, the game is going to rest on his shoulders. JT Bear at the quarterback. I mean, he's one of the best, probably the best quarterback in the Big Ten right now. Uh, what's JT Barrett got to do against Michigan? I think JT's got to get short yardage. Um, I mean, they could rely on Weber to get uh, conversions, but uh, he's going to be tucking the ball a lot, and, and he's going to have to run. He's going to have to make some passes. I mean, he, he's going up against a good team, a good defense. So, But he's a smart player. You know, if, if it's not there, he'll keep it, and you know he's got legs on him. So if he can get it, you know, third and three, and then he can hand it off to Weber, and we can, you know, as long as we make conversions and just get down the field, I think that's the the biggest point. So even with uh, Wilton Spate, if he was to start, and I will give Wilton Spate some credit because he doesn't do anything to uh, really take Michigan out of games, doesn't make many mistakes, but I see him as a very average quarterback in, in college football, and now we're possibly talk about the backup John O'Corn starting. Uh, you got to be really happy about this, uh, this, this scenario because John O'Corn only passed 59 yards last week against Indiana, and uh, – this plays right to Ohio State's fans, and if you was to tell Terry right now uh, wh- exactly how Ohio State is going to run the score up against Michigan in an anger in an anger angrily fashion, this is the time to do it. So go ahead. Yeah, I don't. I personally, I don't think who's back. You know, whoever's back at quarterback doesn't matter. Um, it's going to be an Ohio State victory. I think uh, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent on this, but. Um, the last time Michigan beat Ohio State in Columbus was, what, 1959, something like that. They've lost uh, – Michigan's lost the last 13 out of the 15. I think it's just going to be one more one more victory. 
that, that was my macho man. That, that, hey, that was my that was my macho man sound effect for you know because like that, was, that was that was that was pretty good. Ooh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry, I'm just playing now. Go ahead. No, that's it. That, that was good. I liked it. Uh, I just I, I you know being a fan, they are playing a good team, but you got to think where you're playing, and you know the emotions are going to be high. Um, I posted a video the other day of the greatest fights between Michigan and Ohio State, and I think it's going to get rowdy. There'll be some shoving, definitely some words. So it's going to be a great time. I'm looking forward to it. All right, Terry. Uh, the, the way the the playoff right now is shaping up, if everything stays status quo, uh, it's going to be – Wisconsin versus Penn State in the Big Ten championship game. The winner of this game will actually knock out Penn State and play against Wisconsin. So, I really want to – I don't know if I'm really want to see because, you know, you know me, I'm an Irish fan, you know, and a Michigan win. I'm not rooting for Ohio State-Michigan. I want to see a great game. But how does Michigan really just prove a point after that loss to Penn State against Ohio – you know, against Ohio State and – a Gets a blowout win this Saturday. I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. I, it's two good teams and two very, very well-coached teams. Um, I, I, I think Harbaugh is the better coach. I think he's the better play caller. Um, but I think Ohio State probably does have a little more depth. And uh, I think it's going to be an absolute classic slugfest. I'm a Big Ten guy. I wish that Michigan could have beaten Iowa so that there was some way that both of these teams could somehow sneak into the playoff. But once uh, they both got that first loss, there's no way possible that that could happen. But uh, I think whoever controls the time of possession probably wins. I don't think either team has a big advantage on the offensive side of the ball. It's going to be pretty even. It's whoever can, can score a defensive touchdown or maybe get a special teams touchdown. And, again, that comes back to, to getting the ball to Jabril Peppers. If they kick the ball, if they punt the ball to Peppers, we could have another uh, Charles Woodson-type performance where that kid really stamps his, his name in the record book for this rivalry. And, Terry, uh, thank you for correcting me. I actually said you know, Michigan lost to Penn State, and it was Iowa. It was Ohio State that lost to uh, Penn State. And uh, so thank you for correcting me on that. So I know, Terry, you have to get out of here in like a, in, in a minute. Uh, give me your, your game prediction. Give me your final score. 35-31, Wolverines. So Terry's calling a close battle. Uh, Terry, man, go ahead and go, man. I know you're on your way to work. You know, I wanted to set it up like you're live on location and everything like that. You know, I know you're on your way to work. You're driving. So, uh, hey, man, be safe. Have a good night at work. Yep, you guys have a good Thanksgiving. Let's have a, we should have some pretty good games this weekend between the game, the old oak and bucket with Indiana and Purdue, and the Iron Bowl. Should be a great Saturday for college football. Oh, yes, sir, Happy man. Happy Thanksgiving, you hit everybody. Happy Thanksgiving, buddy. Thank you for coming on. See you guys. Have a good night. Enjoy, get a, have a good rest of the show. That was Terry Beer joining us for the Ohio State-Michigan showdown. Chris, uh, stick around as long as you want, man, but give me your, your prediction for the uh, the Ohio State-Michigan game. 
Um, I'm thinking I could see Michigan scoring twice, so I'll give them 14. And then uh, I'm going to say – I'm going to say 28. Two-score victory. And that, it, it, yeah. Now Terry's gone, you know, it's a it's a blowout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, get that stinky Michigan fan out of here. All right, well, let's bring Kenny Galloway in right now for his way in on this game. Let me unmute I've, the I've mic. Been, I've been listening to, I've been listening to everything, and it's uh, it's interesting both, uh, both what both parties got to say about their game, the game plan. Um I think it's going to be a slugfest, like they said. It's, it, I don't think it's going to be very much momentum one way or the other. And I think it's going to come down to like time of possession and, and ball control in the fourth quarter. But I just see I see Ohio State maybe 27-23. Ohio State victory 27-23. So wait, yeah, is that what you said? All right, man. Yep. To Ohio State and the Michigan. Uh, you know what? I'm actually going to pick Ohio State in this game too, and I and I'm going to give it kind of a close score. I'm going to give it 31-21, Ohio State. You know, I know it's two scores, it's ten. Uh, I just think Ohio State has more firepower on offense. I think it can overcome that great defense at Michigan, and I will give Ohio State uh, the, the a ten point win. And we actually have a caller here from the eight one two. Let's bring him in. Go ahead, caller. You're on the air. Hi there, Rick Graham. This is uh, Rock Park JT. Heartbreak. <laughs> and with your weather update. The Rock Park caller, long time listener. With the weather update. It's <laughs> cloudy with a chance of Brian Kelly's, Brian Kelly's tears. I just like to say, go Michigan and uh, Mr. Caps. Uh, screw you. Back to you, Rick. Whoa, did you say? Did you say go Michigan? <laughs> What's wrong with you? All right, so for those of you who don't know who the Rockport JT is, that's the Rockport Justin Timberlake. This is actually, you know, this is the the American Airman podcast, and I like to bring veterans on the show. And this is specialist Ricky Sack, you know, Army Specialist Ricky Sack. You know, he's the Rockport JT, the, the show's weatherman. You know, going to rain some Brian Kelly tears. And I actually have to agree with you right now. I mean, it's some crying Jordans going on up at South Bend right now. Ricky, go ahead. All that? Sorry, I didn't get that. What? So, Ricky, you got a yeah, – I don't know what he said. Ricky, you got a prediction for uh, – <laughs> you got a prediction for the Ohio State-Michigan game? Oh, Ohio State is pretty good. Not much on college, uh, but uh, Michigan looks pretty good too. But I guess I'm going to go ahead and go to Michigan. Well, Ricky, I'll tell you this. Ohio State is ranked second in the country right now. Michigan is ranked third. So, yeah, they're both pretty good. You're going to go pick Michigan. You got a final score? Uh, I'm going to say, let's say, uh, 35 to 21, Michigan. 35 21, Michigan. All right, you got one more weather update before I let you go? Ah, uh, it's gonna be colder tomorrow, Rick. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, hey, hey, weatherman JT, is it is it gonna be good hunting weather in the morning? Oh, it's gonna be great hunting weather. You go out there, catch you a buck and a doe, and you'll be good to go. All right. <laughs> all right, Ricky. Thank you for that. That is the Army Specialist Ricky Sack, the Rockport JT. 
And <laughs> thank you for calling in. Uh, comic relief on me. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. All right, he threw me off my game. I don't. I don't. I don't know where to go right now. <laughs> well, you could start off with Brian Kelly crying. All right, we will do this smooth transition into the Notre Dame academic misconduct. And uh, God, I don't even know where to what to say now. <laughs> Right. So everybody knows by now, if you're listening to this show, you know, it's broke yesterday. Notre Dame is, uh, they got to vacate some wins, man, from like 2012, 2013, it's 21 wins total. They're also one-year probation. I don't know exactly what that means yet. Uh, Kenny, do you know what that means? Do they have to set out a bowl game next year, maybe? I think that's what it's going to come down to. I mean, it's just getting to the point where, it's it's almost like looking at the new version of the U. Every week there's something else coming out, and it's just, it's sad because this is not Notre Dame football. I mean, this is not Notre Dame good headlines in the in, in the papers or on the sports anymore. It's just it's the point where it's almost it's it's comical. You almost I hate to say it, I've never been a huge uh, huge um, person to keep saying get Brian Kelly out of there, get Brian Kelly out of there. But it is time. I mean, it's it's I think it's a little bit overdue. Well, let me run down, like, some things I've been thinking about with Brian Kelly since he's been the head coach, all right? And it's actually jaw-dropping, just this, just the stuff that's been headlines. You know, I don't know the the inner workings, the behind-the-scenes stuff that's going on with the football program since he's been there, but here's the headline, all right? So we got uh, sexual assault leading to a suicide from one of, one of the players in Notre Dame. And, you know, that was Prince Shimbo who came out afterwards and said that that was him. And, you know, I, I don't want to mention the victim's name because, you know, she committed suicide. And, you know, you can look it up yourself. But, you know, she committed suicide because of this, and I don't want to mention the name. But you have a sexual assault leading to, to, to suicide. Then you had the incident with the him putting – I don't know if it was him, but having a, a – if it was, I don't know if it was Brian Kelly. I don't want to say that for sure, but it was, uh, you know, having an outdoor practice and, and putting a, a student photographer in a scissor lift in 60 mile an hour winds, and the course of scissor lift tips over, and it kills the student photographer. So that's on Brian Kelly. Now we have sexual assault and a student death, and two student deaths if you want to consider the suicide. You know, as a result of the sexual assault from Notre Dame player. Then we have academic misconduct. You know, Everett Golson, the starting quarterback, having to, having to miss a year. You know, missing the 2013 season after leading the team to the 2012 national title game, having to sit out because of academic misconduct, which is what this case is about right now. Then we have the guns, you know, the weapons, the drug charges against starters right now. Uh, we have academic misconduct, which is why we haven't seen our real starting tight end, Alizé Jones, all season long. Uh, then we have this issue right here, the academic misconduct. Now we got to vacate 21 wins and uh, probation. If that means missing a bowl game or maybe a reduction of scholarships. I don't know what that penalty is just yet. But all of this is under Brian Kelly's watch. And my thing is, I am an Irish fan. I am one of the first guys that comes to their, their, their defense when they have a bad loss or something goes on and 
I rush in with my Superman cape and come to their defense, but I can't do it anymore because even though we didn't like Charlie Weiss as a head coach, he was a losing head coach, at least he lost the right way. Did you ever hear, Kenny, any of this stuff while Charlie Weiss was there or Tyrone Willingham or Bob Davey was there? No, well, the only thing we had to worry about was not getting enough wins. Now we got to worry about our players going, getting arrested and losing scholarships and all that kind of stuff now. Yeah, and, and it's just crazy. And, uh, Chris, you can go ahead and weigh in on this, too. I mean, have you heard any of this story yet? Have you heard about this yet, breaking news yesterday? Um, no, actually, I haven't. This is the first time I'm hearing it. Oh, so you being an Ohio State fan, you got a big smile on your face right now. Is that what it is? <laughs> no, that's not necessarily true. <laughs> yeah, well, Notre Dame's got to vacate wins from the 2012 and 2013 season. Mm. It, it, it's 21 wins, which I don't know yeah. if they what you just take it off their record. But you know, the games were they they were played. I mean, they went into Norman, Oklahoma, in 20 in 2012 and blew the doors off the Sooners. Everybody saw it on TV, so it really happened. Uh, so you can't really take that away from anybody's memory especially now Oklahoma fans, you know, there's other games that year. You, the only thing I wish it would erase is that 2012 national title game, Kenny. Mm, yeah, that, that's still a, a bad memory. That game was, that game was uh, out of touch in the first five minutes of it. It was just, it was awful. Yeah. So the, the thing with me is, I mean, you have all of that and then you stack on top of the season Notre Dame is having this year. And you look what's going on at Texas, and Charlie Strong is being fired for, you know, being a losing coach because Texas is one of the elite programs in the country. But he's being fired for losing. But he doesn't have all this extra baggage. Now Brian Kelly is starting to be in that same boat, losing like he is, but he has all this extra baggage. And I'm just wondering is if this – is enough to fire Brian Kelly or and Kenny? I guess this is a question for you: Is should Brian Kelly be fired or not? I mean, I, I'll just put it plain and simple like that. Before this year, I'd say give him another year or two. But I mean, just the seeing all the stuff that's happened during the season and the way they've been playing, it's just, it, it, it's almost not even a question anymore. I think he should be gone. And, Chris, I'll ask you the same thing with everything I just ran down a couple minutes ago. I mean, should Brian Kelly be fired? Uh, I mean, that's a lot to have, um, obviously, some really horrible things happen. Um, but you got to think, are you, you being an Irish fan, are you wanting him fired for what happened or for the poor season you know, or the the way he's coached, you know, is, is that kind of tying into your emotions? I think it's I more the, where the direction of the, where the program is going right now is where is, is my where I look at it. And here's my thing, and and, and Kenny, uh, you can weigh in on weigh in on this. Uh, it, it's either Brian Kelly knew this stuff was going on, and I don't know how he handles this stuff, you know. I don't know, behind the scenes with coaches, with uh, student trainers. You know, it's a student trainer, really, is what they're pinning it on that for the academic uh, misconduct this time. I don't know how he handles it, you know, behind the scenes. It, it's either that 
or he didn't know this was going on, which means he has no control over the program. And that's kind of more where I'm leaning. He has no control over the program because I was kind of in that boat thinking he had no control over the program once these uh, guns and weapons charges came out against uh, some, you know, some of our starters at the beginning of the season. Kenny? It, it's, it's, and once you lose control of the program, you have, I mean, you just, you have no say so. I mean, it, you're basically going out there and all you're doing is stay on the sideline because you've lost control over the people, you've lost control over the players, and the confidence is, is just pretty much gone. Yeah, and that and that's where I'm at. You know, it, it, it's both ways. It's his fault, and then every press conference you see him come out and do, he's blaming other people constantly. You know, it, it's either you knew about this and did nothing, or you've lost control of the program. It, it's one of the two. In both ways, it's your fault. So based yeah, on it, that, it's two, it's, it's two black eyes on Brian Kelly right now. Either way you look at it, it really is right. And, and, and you know where I'm going with this is, is to answer Chris's question. If 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 what I'm going to say is with my heart or or with whatever, you know, uh, he he should be fired because it's Notre Dame. Uh, it's one of the best academic institutions in the country. It's one of the most elite football programs in the country. You don't hear about this stuff at Notre Dame. You know, you it, it, it's crazy, you know, the, the name that Notre Dame has built on itself with the, with the academics and its integrity and its uh, graduation rate. And now all of a sudden, under the Brian Kelly era, it's all this, all this stuff that I named about five, six, seven minutes ago. It's a uh, man. It, 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 you're right, Kenny. It, it's two black eyes. It's not just one black eyes you recover from. I mean, it's it's two big ass swollen eyes that somebody else with a. I don't want to question his integrity, but somebody else needs to step in. At that at this point, if Texas is going to fire Charlie Strong. Well, he seems to run a program the right way, even though they didn't win at Texas. You know, they need. Maybe look at somebody else because this is not the what Notre Dame is known for, and this is not the direction Notre Dame needs to be heading in. No, the only thing, you know, with with the, with the past coaches, all you had to worry about is not performing on the field. But now you got to worry about scandals and who's going to be who's going to be let go from the team and what's going on now. And it's just, <clears> just one big revolving door now. It's just every week something else is coming up. And Chris, I, I, I would say question. to you, yeah, go ahead, Chris. If this put this same situation, um, if this happened to Alabama, or if this happened under Urban Meyer or Harbaugh, would it be the same situation? Um, you know, let's. Uh, I'm not knocking Notre Dame, but let's say more successful seasons with these teams would would they be talking about firing the coach or just you know, punishing the kids or the program or what? Would it be the same? Well, I don't know just yet because we know Nick Saban of Alabama had, runs a tight ship down there. He has complete control over that program. And Harbaugh seems to have the same kind of control at Michigan and Urban Meyer, Ohio State. You know, you don't hear of this stuff. I mean, yeah, you get what J.T. Barrett last year had a DUI. Uh, yeah. They handle that eternal, internally, you know, at – but a DUI, that's nothing compared to sexual sexual assault. 
you know, right. and, and, and students dying at, goddamn, you know, uh, students dying at, at practices at Notre Dame because they want to hold a practice outside and then somebody want to send a kid up in a scissor lift. You know, you don't what have that like, stuff at other programs. What makes it worse is, like you said, I mean, this is supposed to be an integrity-run program. I mean, this is an academic program. You've never heard about this in the past. I mean, this is like the first scandals that, of this nature that's came about this program in maybe forever. I mean, it's just it's just odd to hear Notre Dame in these kind of scandals anymore. <laughs> Notre Dame is so tarnished right now that people don't even just realize it just yet. Be, you know, just because the name Notre Dame – you know, it, 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 it's college football royalty. It, it, it's it's an American brand is what it is, really. It, it's a brand name in America. And uh, people just don't realize yet uh, how tarnished this is right now because of this and this head coach being there. And I don't know if it's all his fault. He puts blame on other people, you know, constantly. Even when they, they lose to uh, NC State in, in a hurricane, you know, seriously, a, a, a flat-out, for-real hurricane uh, a, a month ago when they lost to NC State, you know, he comes out and blames everything on Deshaun Kaiser for not completing passes in 70-mile-an-hour wind. You know, I th- this isn't the type of coach Notre Dame needs. This isn't their type of coach. It's, it's mutually better if they part ways. It's better for the program, and I think it would be better for Brian Kelly in the long run, too. Because the way it's going right now, it's just going to get worse and worse until something actually happens and the old bull's over. And, and what I'm afraid of is that they're going to run into a Charlie White situation where they fire him but have to pay Brian Kelly for the next eight years. You Because know, uh, uh, he just renewed the contract like uh, before the season started. So, yeah. but yeah. this is, uh, I don't know what the contract states, but when you have this much stuff on your resume, this much negative stuff, just leave, just resign, just go, get fired, whatever you got to do, because this isn't how it should be at Notre Dame. And this is how the Brian Kelly, uh, the Brian Kelly legacy, the Brian Kelly era at Notre Dame, this is what it looks like right now. It's no longer the 2012 national championship appearance where they got blown out by Alabama and the defense carried them all the way to that national championship game. And they got lucky against Pitt. Pitt missed a field goal in triple overtime. You know, and Notre Dame hit theirs. That's how Notre Dame got there. Let's not forget about that. We can't, you know, be banking on the uh, the Notre Dame national title appearance national title appearance anymore, and falling back on that, and Brian Kelly still saving his job. He's built up enough cash of national title, and uh, you know, got a job at Notre Dame. Uh, you know, if I'm still Miles, pissed about last year. If go, Les yeah, Miles go ahead. Save his job. If Les, if Les Miles didn't save his job, there's no way Brian Kelly could save his either. Right, you know, Wes Miles is just guilty of having a, a flat offense and uh, not being Nick Saban. That's all Wes Miles is guilty of, and he got fired at LSU, and he's nine, ten wins a season. But yeah, he's fired exactly. because of the uh, he's fired because of the of the uh, Nick Saban effect that's going on in the SEC. You know, he, Nick Saban was LSU's guy. He was at LSU before he went to Miami Dolphins. And now he's at Alabama, and the LSU people are seeing what he's doing in Alabama, and they're like, oh, man, that used to be our guy. So they're bitter. 
you know, so they fire less miles. It's it's a it's a Nick Saban effect. But yeah, less miles is fired for a whole hell of a lot worse than what Brian Kelly has done to the Notre Dame program. Chris, you got anything to add? Um not I don't know much about it, so I you know, I can't really <laughs> weigh in on it. Uh I mean you're gonna have you've got, you know, students and athletes and you know, a lot of people involved. I mean, they're gonna do dumb things, you know, stuff's gonna happen. It's just you know, which school is it going to happen to? Um a lot of different schools have had things happen and, you know, been in trouble and suspensions and scholarship revoked and all that. So I mean it happens. Uh, you just got to find a way to move forward, I think. Well, they have a young, talented team. I think Brian Kelly's still going to be the head coach. I mean, they're going to move forward. Uh, they are set up pretty good next year because, you know, Kenny, this this year's team, they're really young. I mean, they're all like sophomores. And, so, and, uh, and that's the bad thing. They're, they're actually a talented team. They actually are talented. They just have not approved it yet this season. And look at their losses. They're all by a touchdown or less this year yeah. i mean it, it, yeah. it's insane uh, i don't know if it's going to be that way this week against usc uh maybe not because usc all of a sudden has turned a corner and they could probably hang with alabama the way they look right now but i mean we'll see saturday you know but i i, I still can't believe last season uh, the talent notre dame had last season what they were 110 percent the best team in the country last year based on the talent they had on that team and they couldn't do anything with it except get blown out, at, you know, in the Fiesta Bowl against Ohio State. And, Chris, I know me and you watched that game together. It was not a good day for me. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's true. I mean, there's so much NFL talent on that Notre Dame team. And just, just look at the NFL right now, and it is littered with that, 20, that 2015 Irish team. Year in, year out, they have NFL talent. That's, that's no doubt about that. They do every single season. So, they're set up good next year. Uh, the way it looks right now, Brian Kelly's still going to have a, you know, he's still going to be the head coach. Yeah, all this ugliness to everything they've gone through, all this uh, murky water, uh, I, I guess you can say. Brian Kelly's still going to be there. Uh, I love the Irish. I'm going to support the Irish. I'm going to get behind Brian Kelly, even though I'm really pissed right now, you know, about everything that's going on and, big Notre Dame fan you know that's that's just how I am so I I hate seeing the 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 Notre Dame program in this shape uh my first reaction you know my 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 knee-jerk reaction I guess is to, to to fire his ass and get him out of there and get somebody else because there's one hell of a football coach down in Houston right now that's going to be moving up in the world named Tom Herman and he needs – Chris, you know Tom Herman. He was the Ohio State offensive coordinator two years ago and then took the job at, at Houston. Uh, he's got Houston going in the right direction. He's he's the sexiest coach in college football right now, him and P.J. Fleck. Uh, I Man, I would love to see Tom Herman up in South Bend. Uh, I don't know if it's did an I upgrade. The, yeah, go ahead, Kenny. Did I hear the – did I hear the rumors right that maybe LSU might be getting Jimbo Fisher instead of Ogeron? Ogeron? And if so, he could come up to South Bend if Ogeron don't get the LSU job. Well, I, I know last season that was uh, – they were in talks with Jimbo Fisher, and Jimbo Fisher was actually interested. And honestly, I think it came down to like a, a money issue, believe it or not. Like Jimbo Fisher was going to leave Florida State 
but the money wasn't right. He was going to leave for LSU. Uh, the Cajun cookie monster, Ed Orgeron, down at LSU, I, I love him. I He needs to have that job. He, he's the interim head coach. He needs to be in the interim head coach Hall of Fame. He needs an LSU job. I'm going to be pissed if he doesn't get that LSU job. Chris, you know anything we're talking about right now? Nope. No, I do not. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, stay, I stay in my Buckeye Nation, and I do not look around. No kidding. So you don't look around the Big Ten, huh? I mean, you know, I do, but uh... – you know, I, uh, <laughs> I do not know what you're talking about now. Okay. Do you want me to let you go? Yeah, I better go ahead and get out of here. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, Chris, thank you for coming on. The uh, Hey, I do appreciate you having me. You actually me. did a great – hey, you had you did a great job for the uh, the Ohio State uh, Michigan throw down, you know. I was wanting you and Terry to come in with a lot more fire, though, you know, bang some heads. I know. Get some cuss words, get really salty. Well, <laughs> I gave you the first shot. You just, you should have came out like Don King and owned it. You know, you should. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what, man. <laughs> oh, how hey, it, beat the, that ass. <laughs> the satisfaction I'll get Saturday with the look on his face after his loss, that'll be enough for me. Well, between you, me, and Kenny, and anybody else listening, I actually agree with you. Like, I am an Irish fan. Uh, I try to do my show without a Notre Dame bias. Uh, But being an Irish fan, I cannot root for Michigan in any situation, not never. And I, I, I agree with you. I think Ohio State will get the win, and I think it'll be Wisconsin versus Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. Yep, I do agree. All right. Well, I will let you go. I believe. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) No, I was just going to say how ugly Michigan's helmets are, and uh, they stink. (laughs) Right. So, uh, I mean, I shouldn't even be saying Michigan. I should just say that team up north. But, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, Rick. Uh, Go Buckeyes. We'll, uh, We'll find out Saturday. And for the people listening uh, live or going to listen to da- uh, in, in the downloads on iTunes, you know, you can stream on TuneIn, whatever. Uh, Chris Caps is a uh, he's a, he's a show first timer. He's like scared to death to come on. He's really nervous. He did a hell of a job. <laughs> uh, follow him on Twitter. One, you know, it's A U R F U R C E one. So. Give him a follow. Give him a shout out. I mean, he's a Buckeye. You know, he he, he bleeds the uh, crimson and gray, scarlet and gray. My bad. Mm-hmm. I won't get there the you go. reaction. There you go. Scarlet, <laughs> scarlet and gray. <laughs> you son of a bitch! You said crimson and gray. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the Twitter stuff. I'm going to get here in a little bit. Yeah, you know, probably starting to pour in now, but I ain't going to read it. Uh, but Chris, <laughs> hey, you did a great job, man. Uh, did you have fun? Oh yeah, I did. I like it. All right. Well, I I look forward to having you back on in the future. So, uh, thank you for coming on, man. I will let you go. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yes, sir. See you. That was Chris Caps, show first-timer. And I just disconnected Kenny Galloway by accident. We'll get him back on. But we're going to make a smooth transition here into the uh, college football playoff. 
not much of a change in, in the uh, the top four, you know, but there is a big surprise. Not re- really a big surprise, you know, in the last two out. You got Washington and Wisconsin, five and six. Yeah, I <laughs> – Kenny, that's my fault, man. I disconnected Chris, and I disconnected you. No, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. All right. Thank you. All right. Uh, While well, I was just saying, while you was gone for thirty seconds, uh, we're going to transition here to the college football playoff. We got fifteen minutes left in the show. Uh, not much change in the top four. You know, Bama, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson. That's the top four. Washington, but the number six team, Kenny, and this is what me and you have actually talked about in the past two weeks. Probably going to sneak in and can make a run to that at that top four. And with Louisville losing which even if they won and beat Houston, I think this still would have happened eventually. Uh, Wisconsin comes in at number six. And I think, well, actually I know at this point, whoever wins between Ohio State and Michigan and Wisconsin wins that game because they played both teams close already, close losses. If they actually win that game, they are going to be in the college football playoff. They're going to jump over Washington and they will be, the first ever two-loss team in the top four. Kenny, what do you think? Wisconsin's always that team that you never really think about at the beginning of the season, but always builds up steam towards the end. And now they're having one of the best seasons they've had in a long time, and they got a really talented team. If they can, like you said, if they can, even if they lose the Big Ten championship game, if they can come close in close games, that could be the first team ever in the, in the playoff for two losses. And they could be scary. They really could. And they'll both they'll be in at that number four spot, which means they'll play Alabama in the in the first round. You know, and that you know whoever wins goes to the national championship. I think they actually match up with Alabama really good defense on defense. And uh, you know, Jalen Hurts is going to end up being a really special quarterback at Alabama. But I think Wisconsin's defense matches up with a quarterback like that. And I think if they play Alabama in that first round, they're going to give Alabama a game. It, it, and Jalen Hurts minimized his uh, his mistakes all season long. So either that could mean he's going to do it the rest of the season too, or he's due for a couple of bad games, and he cannot afford to have that bad game in the first round of that playoff. Yeah, and, and you know what, Kenny? I wanted to save the the college football playoff talk for last because I knew there wouldn't be a whole lot to talk about because there's no change from last week, and the only change this week is going to happen because Ohio State and Michigan play each other. So whoever wins is going to stay in. Whoever loses is going to fall all the way out. You know, they're going to fall behind Wisconsin. And the only other thing, threat that I see maybe is Bama losing to Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Kenny, do you think there's a chance that Auburn could pull off something like a kick six or do something spectacular to knock off Alabama? Auburn is an extremely talented football team, and I think they can stay with Alabama for two or even maybe three quarters. But I just don't think they can outlast Alabama. I still think Bama takes that by maybe 10 or 13. I'm with you there. And, and even if Alabama lost, uh, they're still going to be in the top four. Uh, maybe their position might change because if if Alabama lost and the winner of Michigan-Ohio State, I think that team would probably take over the number one spot and Bama might fall to two, which would be really bad for Clemson because they'll move up to three. And then I think we'll see Wisconsin maybe or Washington slide in at number four spot. Uh, it will be, you know, the first round of the playoff, uh, Alabama-Clemson rematch for the national title game. That's if Bama loses. You know, I, 
I don't see them losing this game. I, I, I'm with you, Kenny. I, I think they'll win by a couple scores. Auburn is much improved towards the end uh, of the season here. Uh, but just playing devil's advocate, let's say Bama loss, I think they just fall down to the second, maybe third, third spot at the yeah, most, I, you know. so I, I agree because uh, they end up having to play Florida in the SEC championship game. And, I mean, Florida's a really talented, speedy team, but they, they just can't save that Alabama. So that would be another blowout right there in my mind. Yeah, so, you know, like I was saying, not much changed this week from last week. There's not a whole lot to say about the college football playoff right now. You know, I mean, we got some big games this week, and then next week's show we'll have a whole hell of a lot more to talk about uh, because it's starting to take shape now, the, the top four, but next week it's really going to take shape, and then we'll all, ha- all we have to worry about is these uh, conference championship games. So... And I, I mean, I, I'm a big Dabo Sweeney fan. I love him down there in Clemson. But I just don't – I mean, I think they've overachieved a little bit this year because they should have lost three or four games. Uh, they the have, have yeah, they have been on the ropes like three or four times, like you said. And I'm with you. They should have lost a couple of those games. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, and they just stick around. As, as the season went on, you know, they started to look a little better. It's like, all right, well, you know, they're coming around or whatever. And then – they look pretty flat, but still win somehow. Yeah, and then they end up losing to Pitt. So, who's their opponent this week? Do you know? I don't. Uh, no, no, I don't. All right, yeah, we're totally, totally unprepared for this. But, uh, but, but that's another team right there, though. I mean, they have national championship experience. So, I mean, if they can put it, I mean, if they can get everybody together for that playoff run, they could be dangerous too. But right now, they just you know look a little bit flat on their games. All right, so they play South Carolina this week. Uh, that should be a cakewalk for them. Should be, yeah. I mean, uh, Will Muschamp Center, one of these head coaches that I think being a head coach is actually one position higher than where he should be. Awesome defensive coordinator at Texas. But since he's made the jump, you know, as a head coach, it, I don't see it happening. You know, he, he was at Florida, kind of ran that program to the ground a bit. Now Jim McElwain is there. and Florida's kind of back, you know. As at South Carolina, you know, following the old ball coach of South Carolina is pretty tough as it is. So I that SEC I, East is just pathetic. I mean, hell, Kentucky was only two games out of them uh, SEC title spot. I mean, that's sad. Right. And there's a couple weeks ago we used to actually talk about Kentucky being in an SEC championship game. How how crazy is that? that is, I mean, <laughs> that's just that, that for the SEC West, that's good because they know whoever wins the SEC West, you probably get in the, uh, the uh, top four playoff spot every year. Yeah, so, yeah, you're right. It, it is shaping up Alabama-Florida SEC championship. I, I don't see any problem at all for Alabama winning out. Uh, their toughest test, the only test they really have left is next week or this week against Auburn. So, uh, I think the top four is going to not really stay the same, but, you know, Bama stay one. The winner of Ohio State-Michigan is going to be two. Clemson's going to slide up to three, and then we're just going to – see what happens in the Big Ten championship game because whoever wins that is going to jump ahead of Washington. The only knock on Washington that I see being at five right now is a lack of schedule strength. Uh, they just don't have have the uh, the teams on the resume like Wisconsin will have if they win the uh, the Big Ten championship, championship game. So the winner of that game, I think, will slide up in the number four spot and the Big Ten could possibly get two teams in one team uh, being with two losses and jump over Washington. There's, there's going to be a lot of teams this year saying, what if? What if we'd have done this different? Or who would have scheduled this different? Or what if we'd have played one more better half? 
there's going to be a lot of teams look on the outside looking in this season, like usual, actually. Right. So, Kenny, we'll just leave it right there, buddy. It was a good show. Uh, not much to say about the college football playoffs. No change from last week to this week. You know, it, it, all, all the games are this weekend. That's going to determine a, a lot. And then we'll have a lot more to talk about next week. So, we'll leave the show right here. That sounds, that sounds good, buddy. You, have, you and your family have a good Thanksgiving, buddy. And everybody out there have a good Thanksgiving, too. You too, buddy. Happy Thanksgiving. That was Kenny Galloway uh, wishing everybody listening and everybody going to download Happy Thanksgiving, and I will wish everybody a Happy Thanksgiving and uh, all our men and women in uniform, all our veterans, Happy Thanksgiving, and uh, just keep in mind our, our troops currently the, the deployed overseas. You know, we have troops that can't be home with their families this holiday, but Keep them in your thoughts. Uh, if they're on Twitter, any kind of type of social media, and they're able to uh, get on that overseas, uh, definitely give them a shout out. Wish them a happy Thanksgiving. Let them know that we're thinking about them. And uh, man, I love our troops. I love the country. I love our country. So uh, keep our troops in your in your thoughts for the for the holiday. And uh, thank you for listening to the American Airman Podcast. Uh, New show, new ep- the new episodes every Wednesday night, 6 Central. Until next Wednesday, I will see you later. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.